Super Gundam style, everyone. Welcome back to uh, Wow Cool Robot. I am one of your hosts, Kali. I use she, they pronouns. Hi, I'm Max. I use he, him pronouns. We're halfway through. Oh, oh man, what an episode. We're halfway through, and what the fuck? <laughs> How does it feel being halfway through? It feels good. It's just like, it's like... Because, I mean, we're halfway through in, like, the sense that this is episode four of seven of the OVA, but then this is technically episode four of eight of, like, our media coverage, because we have narrative after the Mm -hmm. end of Unicorn. I mean, we'll do nine episodes a little, because we got the wrap-up, too. But, like, yeah, it's just, it. everything's progressing at a very cool pace. And, like, this one, it's, like, the most sick combat sequences, and also the Mm. most sick soup sequences. Like and ideology talking sequences. Yeah, this is peak Gundam. This is like it is, it, it's. This is my favorite hour of television. Full stop. I'm pretty sure it is. It is peak. Fucking like they they t- checked off every single box they possibly could when they made this one. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, what a good episode. And- it's just like another another confirmation that watching the OVAs is is the right idea because like I couldn't imagine watching this and having it be like split up uh, and kind of like chopped and screwed because just everything is paced yeah. so well that the, I, the I, OVA's I, pacing oh, it would just be worse. Just, yeah, because why would you want to make a worse version of your product? This is perfect. It's like, yeah, I understand wanting to like air it as part of an anime season, but at the same time, like, no, just fu- let it be. An- let it be what it is. Let it be an OVA. It's fine. Yeah, just, <sighs> just so fucking good, man. Mm-hmm. Okay, shall we? Shall we let's, get into let's it? Let's get into it. Once again, welcome, welcome to Kelly Rants about Gundam while <laughs> I do the intro. Uh, as we uh, leap right into episode four. At the bottom of the gravity well. We open on the old man recalling the first colony drop, Operation British. As the news comes on his giant wall TV, we see Xeon remnants destroying Dakar with the help of a giant mobile armor, the Shamblo. On the Rock Island, Bright Noah will, uh, can only send out his expert team, the Tri-Stars, as Shamblo's pilot, Loni Garvey, is recalled before she can destroy the Capitol building at Dakar. Ronan Marcinus talks to Martha Vist over the phone, asking him to bring Minerva to Augusta, which he agrees. Riddy enters and talks to his father about Minerva, revealing his family's involvement with the box. Minerva thinks about Benaja before Riddy bursts into the room, crying about his family's involvement with the box. He proposes to her, and she declines. At Augusta, Marita is put in a cell with Alberto. Martha shows her a mass-production Kubele and says they're spiralling out of fear. Back at the mansion, Bright talks to Ronan about recovering the Garancieras to destroy the Unicorn. Yes, for Riddy to be stationed aboard the Rack Island. In the Sahara Desert, the Garancieras team struggle to dig their ship out of the stand. They remark that the Unicorn's next coordinates are annoying to get to, but Azure is still grappling with the fact that he killed Gilboa. Maneva escapes the mansion and gets a cup of coffee from an ex-soldier at a diner. The two talk about Federation space on independence. They have a long talk about what it means to be people. And then the diner's raided to recover Marita for the Marcinus family. But Azure and Zinnemann cross the desert for over four days, the two bonding over the loss of their families. But Azure cries about the beauty of the earth and talks about uh, and Zinnemann talks about Zion's existence being for the people and how ideologies keep clashing. 
The Garantiaris is pulled from the sand by the help of the Xeon remnants, but Asha beats Alone after she's praised for her assault on Dakar by Full Frontal, who says her father perfected Haman Khan's legacy. Xeon remnants begin to attack the next set of coordinates, Torrington Base, the impact site of Operation British. A bloody battle occurs between the Fetis and the remnants, which ends with a, flat, a clash of wills between Benazir and the Unicorn and Loni and the Shamblo. After failing to get through to her, Riddy's the one that fires the final shot, destroying the mobile armor and killing Loni. As the episode ends, a black unicorn descends from the sky as the RX-02 Banshee makes its debut. Pretty fucking good. Oh, it's just so good. Oh, it's well cool robot through and through here. It's 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 the sickest. I love the Shamblo's design. It is such a brutal looking thing. It's it's the fact that it is it's one of those it's Xeon mobile suit design is at its best when the things are being made amphibious. Honest to God, I love this thing. They have such like banger amph- amphibious designs. It's like yeah. it's and their mobile armors are like such fucking weird creatures too. Like they're mm. not they're not humanoid in any way. I want to say this thing it it was developed from the Grublo or the Grabro, whichever it was yes. called back then. Um, it was actually. Yeah, it's like it has. You can see that the shape vaguely is the same. It has like those kinds of claws, but this thing is just like more. It had like the claws are like super super flexible. It can like pierce through a fucking uh, aircraft carrier. It has this fuck off laser in like the beak yeah. of it, and it has yeah, it's the, so cool. The, the coolest thing is the um reflector bits. Like it's mm. not made to be used in space; it's amphibious and used under gravity. So you can't have just like funnels flying around. So instead, they're like these like mirrored little like helicopter drones, and it just like fires a fucking buckshot laser upwards, and they they just reflect it all over, and it just like pure destruction it's like (laughs) it's like the level of the psycho gundam again it's nuts it's fucking crazy it's way bigger than that because those are mega particle guns it's insane oh my god both of them are it's like the 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 thing that they put on the nail akama yeah they just put it in the mouth of this thing and then put two more on it to scatter across just places with reflector bits it is it's my it's my favorite war crime machine so far of the series. It is absolutely one of my favorites. It's so cool. Um, but before the the Shamblo shows up, we see Stardew Valley Grandpa once again. We do. He's he's, he's just, just remembering he's the good old days. Yeah, he's remembering Operation British, which is really funny. It's like this flashback for him. He was still like a hundred and ten years <laughs> yeah, old. Yeah, he was still like, in that bed. He was still fucking ancient as shit back then. But he's he, like a—he's like one of those guys. It's like, oh, where were you when Operation British happened? Yeah, uh, well, I, was I was lying in, in my I, bed. I was in my grandpa. I was grandpa watching it on con. my giant. <laughs> I was watching it on my giant TV that is right there. It's that like is just my entire wall, and yeah, then it turns to his, fish. He lives inside a jumbotron. <laughs> It's just like a TV screen he all does, around. He? Oh, he um the TV like as he remembers oh, Operation British, it cuts to like modern day, and we see uh, Dakar, the Federation capital. Um, th- th- this this episode just really like from the get go reminds you of how cool one year war suits are because we see um we see a Kapool, which isn't from the one year war; it's from Neo Zeon uh, and Double Zeta. But we also see a Joagu, which oh, is just like yeah. fucking nasty elephant man. I love the Joagu. It's so Yeah, I love Joagu so much. Um they're fighting some Gym 3s, I think. 
or, or gym whatever they, they're like newer model gyms you can tell because they have like this like, t- kind of teal chest and they have like, yeah more bits and verniers and not like bits in the gundam bit sense i just mean like they're greebled more and they got more detail but like it's a really cool fight scene we see a gym like jam like the fucking beam javelin that like the original gundam used like three times back in the day i love to see it i love like the mm. the little like bald yeah. three-pointed tip on it um it's it's whether it's whether Dragu like um punches the cockpit. Yeah, um, it doesn't of, even like, of, like shoot. one of the gyms and it just has it doesn't even shoot, it just punches it and there's just like the holes it, that like the big three like barreled like hands of it just leave it, in indented yeah, in the chest. It's of this like thing. some extreme you know martial arts like finger jabbing. It's harrowing, but it's so cool. It's so fucking sick. And um we see this like this big fuck off laser blast from the ocean then we see the shamblo it's just kicking ass mm. um my next note is boo yeah. then we see bright unfortunately yeah we see him he's here he's the rock hylum it's on earth you know it's a ship um he, he launches so it's just it's stolen valor here right because we see the tri-stars <laughs> oh which God. is like the federation it's like the these three jestas that the federation uses but like i don't give a shit like, I want the black Tristar. This is Dolan Valor. You don't get to... How dare you stand where he stood? It's, talking it's about Guy Ortega and Mash. It's, it's, it's really odd to me that of all the things they chose to, like, call them, they picked the Tristars. Like, they were on the... It's, it's, like, it's like naming, like, a unit after, like, oh, like, the Red Baron. Um, That's the thing. It's, it's, it's like... It's I would have expected that back in Zeta when, you know, Federation was just like the Operation Paper clipped a shit ton of Xeon scientists. I yeah. would have expected it then when, like, the Federation used Hyzax. But now it's just, like, weird. Like, you could have called it anything else. Um, you could have you could have called it literally anything else. Like, you could have called it Triple Trouble or fucking Triple Three. You know, anything. If you wanted to add to the fact that, because because Torrington Base, where like the main part of this episode happens, mm-hmm. um, is also the um, start of Double Eighty Three, you could have just no. That also would have been weird if they wanted to. It's I just don't know why they picked TriStar. Yeah, it's it's weird. I don't know, but like these guys are whatever. They you know they have camaraderie that we see, and they're like joking. But like I don't, I fundamentally could not care about these people. Nearly as much as I care about Gaia, Mash, and Ortega. Like, yeah. Come, come on um, I miss the boys. I miss the boys. But they're here. They're, um, you know, they're fighting. We see that uh, the pilot of the Shamblo is this uh, young Neo-Zeon new type named Loni Garvey. Um, and she's, like, about to just, like, laser the fuck out of the Fed capital for her father and mother out of revenge. But she gets called back before she can, like, wreak more havoc. Uh, the entire operation here was just a diversion to, like, keep Federation eyes away from where the Garden Sea are which is, like, in the Sahara pretty nearby. Um, and I guess at this point the Federation would have known that, like, the Garden Sea recovered the unicorn. So mm. they just need to cause a big enough explosion somewhere else that they, like, can't divert any attention towards finding the Laplace box key. Makes sense to me. Yeah. Sure. Um, we cut back to Stardew Valley Grandpa. He's talking to Gail Chan, uh, who was uh, Karius's assistant. You know the the bald guy with the goatee. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, just, just I I don't like his beard. No, he he just he he's not as interesting of a character as you know a 
Benadryl's long lost father, or B, Stardew Valley grandpa. He's just a guy here. <laughs> yeah, he's he, just a dude. He's just a guy, but um, we also we we learned that apparently he's. He's a vist. He's like grandpappy vist. Mm. He's like Benajer, my flesh and blood. Yeah. So interesting that like I guess the vists and the Marsanuses are like they're very deeply intertwined throughout the last hundred years, which is really really cool world mm. building here. Yeah. It's it's interesting that like we're finally getting an important Gundam family that's not the zombies. You know. Yeah. Well, we're getting two. Yeah, and like they're both equally shit. And crazy, but like it, it you know, it, it's cool filling in the gaps in the world building here. Unicorn, I feel mm. like first and foremost, is like just this really it's like a love letter to UC, of course, but like Oh yeah. It, it it feels like it exists to just like be like this spider web connecting like every part of UC that has happened so far. And I really like that about it. Mm. But um, let's see. Uh uh we see bright, bright fucking whatever, it's bright again. Every time he's on screen, yeah. and my eyes glaze over. He's in a limo. He's I, gonna go... I groaned. I was just like, oh. He's going to go meet, uh, meet with Ronan and Marcenus. But um, it, it's like it's important people meeting each other for a little while in this episode, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, because we see Ronan. He's on the phone with Martha. Um, mm. and and Martha's like, can you hand over your special guest? And he, you know, he plays dumb, but like Martha knows that Maneva's at his residence and. It's pretty. It's a pretty big deal that like the last remaining zombie is alive and is also on Earth, where like people can very easily capture her. And it seems like Martha like does not have enough chess pieces on her side of the board. Like she already has yeah. Marita captured. Like it's. <laughs> I don't like her. I don't like her. I at don't all. like her one bit. She sucks. Well, do you want to? Do you want to know? <laughs> I figured out. I figured it out. Yeah. Um. It doesn't. Um. Actually, come up. Uh-huh. Uh It is just a thing. That shows and why she's like associated with Anaheim and stuff. Um, her surname isn't Vist. Mm-hmm. It is Vist Carbine. She married fucking Melanie, Melanie Hugh, Hugh Carbine? Carbine. Yep. Wow. God damn. Yeah. All of these fucking freaks. <laughs> this is like worse. this is like she's a European worse, royal man. family of assholes. <laughs> yeah. We must we oh. must keep the bloodline of war Let's criminals pure. Oh, keep it, keep it nice and uh, my little, my little buddy Barrage here is going to, going to keep it all pure. And he's just like, I, 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 I want war. I want fighting. <laughs> yeah, fucking <laughs> all put of, him in all a tank of, for a while. All, all the carbines and vis and Marsanuses are like, human nature is to kill and to spill blood. And 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 Benader's over here, like, I think maybe we shouldn't fight. And everyone's like, what? What? Go to your room, young man. No, go back to your room. And he's just like, oh, I'm not getting any lovely little eclairs tonight, I must say. I'm not getting any ICBM-shaped eclairs. (laughs) I'm not getting my war crime hors d'oeuvres tonight. Oh, no, he's not getting getting his, like, colony-shaped macarons. (laughs) (laughs) I want, want, like, a fucking... uh, you know, like real housewives or Jersey Shore styled like <laughs> reality show, but it's like, oh my god! But, it, but it's like the Vists and the Marsanis is living in a big mansion together, and all this their fucking asshole interpersonal drama. That's what I yeah. want. Because you can tell they all hate each other too. Yeah, it's just like a fucking shitty MTV show, and everyone's everyone is just at each other's throats the entire time. Yeah, they should. Oh, it's like you could just call it the UC instead of the OC. Mm. 
And then, like, I could call the episode title that, but I feel like you wouldn't get it until you let them do it. And then you're like, oh, Max, very funny shit. Yeah. I'll let it, I'll let it, I'll let it cook. I'll let it boil. Let it, um, let it, let it, let it stew a little bit. Yeah. We see, uh, we see Riddy. I don't, Riddy's bad again. <laughs> Remember when he was okay last episode? Nope. Yeah, he was fine for a little bit. Then it's like, he's yep. bad again. He's really, really bad again. Get, don't touch her, you pervert. <laughs> oh, I hate it. So I hate he, it. why do you do that? What what happens here? He goes to Mineva's room, and like Ronan knows he's like fallen for her, which is gross. Ew, get a job. Yeah, you Well, he has a job. It's war criminal. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Um, we see like in a we don't see it happen, but before he runs to Mineva's room, uh, Ronan tells him like the history of the Vists and the Marsanuses, which is enough to make him like. Oh, I hate my family R- so Run away much. from home and have a crisis. He runs away. Yeah, but like he like runs, he like gr- hugs Maneva, and he's like, "I'm mm. so fucking sorry. Oh, I'm a I'm a bad boy. I'm, so, I'm a bad person. My blood is tainted. Marry me." Yeah, yeah. He likes. He's like, "Become a Marsanus if you do. Papa will listen to you, and you won't be you won't be beholden to the zombies anymore." And like Maneva just has the most. <laughs> like fucking tired expression on her face as like she's being held by this fucking creep man she's just like okay buddy uh, right. she's just like what what i don't like any part of this man yeah. oh it sucks but like he he kind of starts to get the idea in his head that maybe if we destroy the unicorn things won't be bad anymore uh <laughs> yeah which i mean like Ugh. i guess that's kind of true but at this point, Benajer's in way too deep uh, that he's not going to let you do that, homeboy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like as he as he runs away from home on his horse, fucking an- again, not, there's horse. not a single redeemable Gundam character that rides a horse. And like horse. this is just further proving it's like Kenneth Slag rides a horse, Shar Asmol yeah. rides a horse, Riddy Marsanus rides a horse. Two of those guys are like entertainingly bad, and Riddy's just like irredeemably bad. But they're all like not good people. So the, the my I thesis still holds up. I fully forgot about Kenneth Slag for a second. I never can. He's cool. I fucking love that guy. They they really made him hot in that film. God damn. You don't, like, have a guy walking around holding a fucking riding crop and not have people, like, fanning themselves over it. <laughs> yeah. I'm the one fanning myself. How'd I forget about this guy? God. I like Lane Aim. Lane Aim's hey, cool. I... <laughs> He's I mean, it's... it's I, I always gravitate towards the fail boys of Gundam. And, like... Yeah. Yeah, Lane Aim is fucking suspect number one in that movie. <laughs> I'm, I'm, a, I'm a so bad. Hell yeah, he does. He, he gets bodied, dude. <laughs> oh, he gets put in this like big old like experimental thing. Just like oh, I gotta fill with so much stuff. There's no physical possible way you could lose because even if you get grabbed, you can also just bail from the big flight gear too. It does not. It's like we're well. setting you up completely for like absolute victory there wasn't a single way you could lose this and then he loses you beefed it you beefed it <laughs> he beefed it so hard oh, i'm just looking uh, over i'm just looking over at my my penelope and my she uh high grade kits they're, they're fucking they're big fuckers they're so big penelope's so much bigger than the she is too good lord. i 
I, I wake up, I wake up in the morning and I turn my head to the right and I smile because I have overlooking my bed on my chest of drawers, my sweet, sweet little psycho Gundam. Yes. It's great. I love it. Oh, I, I love finished so um, much. I finished my gigantic arms unit. Oh, I saw. Yes. Let me tell you, the psycho Gundam arms on that thing are fucking cool. They're so cool, right? I love the, the thingy articulation. Mmm. I could, like, it can, like, hold things. You don't need to have, like, a pig or anything. It can just hold things. Yeah. I can make it um, hold, I've like, had, a stylus. I had, um, uh, one, I had, like, a little pose set up where I had the psycho kind of, uh, holding the, uh, core Gundam up in the air. Oh, that's, that's one like, big boy, little really boy. Cool. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Then I, then I got a Titans color one, I made them buddies. Nice. Anyways, Unicorn Gundam. Unicorn Gundam. Um, uh, Double Zeta Gundam instead. Uh, we see... Oh. <laughs> we're, in, we're in Augusta. Uh, Martha and Alberta are there. They got Marita there. And fucking... Uh, uh, Martha's talking about how they're not, like, really able to fully reprogram Marita. Mm. Um, she's kind of, like, broken free of that too much. So instead, I guess her modus operandi is just, like, break her spirit completely. Because yeah, she turns on and it, and let me, it, it works because she turns on a light and we see like a mass production cube lay. It's like you know Recton in shambles, but like Marita, it's just like immediate panic attack upon seeing it. Like she, oh, she looks, yeah. she looks into like like this like pitch black cockpit, and you see like a ghost of Pole like floating towards, and then look up and it's just like her face is a black void. Yeah, I, I, what I noticed as well is it was the exact kind of uh, movement that uh, her spirit had done, that, like the episode book. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh man, it's Martha so is like good. number one on my shit list right now. Not a good person, her. I do not. She's she's one of the most disliked characters in this series. Yeah, she's she is wretched, and she's like, I will help free your soul from this machine. Uh, very sad. Um, the next scene we get is more asshole diplomacy bureaucracy. Uh, Bright's made it to the Marsanis family manor. Uh, yeah. And Ronan, and it's really funny that Ronan is kind of like, he's taunting Bright for being too good at his job and being like too famous and notable because people just like consistently take advantage of him. And you can tell Bright understands that, but is like too much of a fucking weenie to actually do anything about it. Yeah. Like, you know, Ronan talks about how, oh, you keep this up. You, you, wouldn't you want to be in charge of your own new type core? And Bright would be like, yeah, it would, it, it, that'd be just my luck. That'd be that'd be great. Mm. And and want to do that again for the third time in a yeah, god. Because you know he's been in charge of so many Gundam team ships. Every Gundam yeah. team ship, really. And yeah, like all of them, all of them. This fucking guy just can't. He just keeps showing can't up in important events. He's like a fucking time traveler. Went back to UC and like knew all of the important events before they'd happen, yeah. so he would always be there. Oh man. Uh-huh. But it's interesting to, to, to show just kind of how much pull um, the Marsanis family has. Because this isn't like a Federation request, really. This is a request from Ronan to Bright telling him, mm. you pilot the Rock Hylum. I want you to be the one to track down the Gar and Sierra and recover the Unicorn. Like, this isn't like official orders from like, you know, the Federation High Command. This is like a, a guy like a with a really favor. powerful family. Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's like so much more slimy that way. And of course, Bright has Bright has to go along with it. Like, I mean, you could refuse if he had a spine, but like, this yeah. is like, you know, I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. Is is that kind of thing. Mm. Um, and well, also, Mineva he, escaped, um, yay. 
the pull the vest family has is 12. <laughs> pull 12. It was really bad. That was really, really bad. You don't have to, you don't have to, you don't have to laugh out of pity. No, that was, that was funny. I, was, I liked I was, that I was, one. It took a second. I was cooking, I was cooking that one up in the, in the little <laughs> oh, brain was... noggin for a second there. <laughs> it's, it's the pull of gravity. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid podcast. <laughs> So, uh, we learn Maneva's escaped, which is good. Good for her. Go off, queen. Mm. Um, we finally see where the Garancier landed, which is the Sahara Desert. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, just, just like just the Sahara. It's just fully bonked in there. It can, they can't get it out. Um, uh, 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 Zinnerman's talking to, uh, what's his, like, Flask, I think is his name. Flast. Uh, yeah. I was like, oh yeah, if we like blow the fuck out of the hull, we can get the mobile suits out. And Zinnerman's like, okay, we can't go to space if we don't have a hull. <laughs> I um, don't want to do that. This is my ship. Yeah. But, but but we did learn that like they successfully recovered the unicorn and we see Banasher and he is, he's, he's having his like, you know, mid series moment where he's just like, I mean, I, I would say sulking, but that kind of implies like a, a sort of teen drama. No, he's kind of like, you know, he's feeling the weight of yeah, uh, of his he's role and his feeling. sins, and yeah. yeah, it's all caught up with him, and he is not doing well. Oh, very sad. He um he gets ch- he gets chewed out by Flast uh, for killing Gilboa, and he's like, yeah, you don't think I fucking feel bad about that? Like Daguza got killed in front of my face. I had to watch him die, and then I kind of went off. Like I'm sorry yeah. that I'm being that I'm like a 16 year old kid being put in an impossible situation. So fucking sorry about that. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Come on. I appreciate his readiness to like snap back at the people who are trying to criticize yeah. him. Like, he's not going to be like Amaro or Camille. I mean, I guess they also talked back, but like he's not letting a single person try and make him feel bad. Like he is going to say what's on his mind immediately, and I really love that about him. That's part of the reason why Banash is one of my absolute favorite like Gundam protagonists because he he's very to the point with stuff. And mm-hmm. I, I really like that, like, he he's fiercely independent and he knows what he wants, but not in, like, a, a judo-jokey way. It's in a... It's, it's like a more mature like for a, his age way. Yeah. And I really appreciate that about him, because when you have, like, basically what is a series with the same, like, gravitas and impact as as the, the original UC, like, trilogy of, like, 0079, um... Zeta and then double Zeta. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of get to cut that fat out, and I think the way that they did that, instead of him just speed running his trauma, um, they make him just look at things a bit more realistically and made him yeah. kind of blunt and to the point and stuff. And that would make sense considering who his family is as well. Yeah. But like, it's just it's nice. It's really nice. I really like Banaja. He, he he is like such a good pro tag. Um. We, we, we kind oh wait, of, sorry. Like, what are we calling him this week? Oh, um, uh, what do we call him? Um, um, call him Badonker. Yeah, let's call him Badonker. Why not? Yeah, he's Badonker. He's Badonker. Um, <laughs> so we cut from this. Uh, we see Maneva. She's made it to like some some kind of you know roadside cafe. Um, and she has this really nice conversation with the chef here. Um, mm-hmm. and and like you know the first thing he like asks her like where are you from and she just kind of like points up and he's like ah spationoid. Uh. <laughs> And, and she talks about, you know, she's a space noid, but she's happy to be on solid ground. 
And, yeah. you know, the man is an earthnoid. He's like, I wouldn't mind going to space for helping my back feel better. Oh, I'm an old man. <laughs> I really like this old man. He rules. I like this he's such a cool a character. He's, he's an ex-Federation um, soldier, isn't he? Oh, is he really? Um, well, you see the, the photo in the background? I it's thought that was his him. son. Oh, it may have been his son. Yeah, because oh, it's, it's like, it's like you see... son in that case, then. Yeah, you see him and his wife are, like, kind of sitting down to the side, and the son's, like, to the left of them. Um... But it, this whole conversation is kind of about, like, he, he he reveals it wasn't only, like, the poor people who were forced to leave Earth when, you know, things started popping off. Like, mm-hmm. people left of their own accord, like, other people who weren't just, like, you know, the poorest being shoved off into space. Because they, like, yeah. you know, they believed it would help the environment recover. Uh, and then the one-year war happened and everything got undid. Everything got beefed. Everything went bad. It went so bad. And he talks about how... You know, everything began with good intentions of, like, trying to save humanity, but wouldn't you know it, like, it it's almost like humanity doesn't want to be saved, and just everything yeah. that happens, it just people just kind of make things worse. Um, <laughs> yeah. He brings up Char in this conversation. He does. Yeah, he, you know, he says Char claimed to try and help humanity by dropping asteroids, and he's like, I don't think Char ever learned to love humanity. Um, Is that how he talks in the... Uh, I heard... I, uh, he just talks like a regular old person. Not, not. I'm, I'm just doing like you know my, my fucking like old timey prospector accent. Just like a stand-in for any old person. But it, it's you know he just it, it, his voice isn't that remarkable. Um, but but you know it's it's a little bit like that if I remember right. But um, I think this conversation is just kind of like very sad, right? Of of this guy who's like seen the UC begin and everything, and. You know, he's just sad that the Earthnoids couldn't end up helping the Spacenoids out and, like, humanity mm. couldn't come together. And he's like, you know, all I can do is make you a, a cup of coffee. And it's just like, damn, you're a nice old man. The nice old man. He just wants the best for this 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 weird little Spacenoid girl that yeah. he's definitely never seen before. <laughs> and then, and then like... Fucking, the police gets raided by yeah, the police. SWAT shows up. It's just like, <laughs> like 30 Marcinus goons in like cars and helicopters roll up. And um, and the old man's freaking out. And she's like, I'm Maneva Zabi and I'm not going to run or hide anymore. And he's like, and you, he, he's like completely shocked that he was talking to Zabi the entire time. Mm. But like, you know, we, we also get the feeling that Maneva giving, having this conversation, she's like, you know, I, I went to Earth for a different reason. But if nothing else, I'm glad that like I got this cup of coffee out of it. And it kind of seems like she has this renewed will to, like, do what she believes yeah. is the right path for everyone. It's really nice. I really like that theme of, like, renewed will kind of showing up through this episode as well. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's, it's, like, it's definitely, you can feel this is the midpoint because um, it's getting to the point where people are kind of, they still have their problems, but they're willing to face them now. And uh-huh. we really see that in, like, this next scene. Um, yes. of them in the desert yes um because because uh, 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 before that it was like this like short scene of just martha telling alberto because like you know the marsanuses have maneva now so mm-hmm. martha can get a hold of her and she's going to use maneva to capture the unicorn and like alberto is basically in charge of merida now who's kind of like knocked yeah. out strapped to a chair uh pretty bad i hope they don't put her in a different unicorn I really hope they don't. <laughs> but um, now now we see um, Badonker and Zinnerman. They're, they're they're trekking through the Sahara. <laughs> His name is terrible. <laughs> hey, you said, I did, I the first suggestion we went with it. Why did I do this to myself? But they have to. 
over four days, they have to trek 60 kilometers, which is... That's so far. Yeah, that's like what? That's like nine and a half miles a day, which it's walkable on solid ground, sure. Maybe not through a on fucking sand, desert. sand, though? Yeah. Um, but, like, he just kind of tumbles off of a dune. And he's just like, I want to die. If you want to kill me, go for it. I'm, <laughs> I'm small potatoes. I'm no importance. Just fucking take me out, man. Um, he's just he's just hit like rock bottom. Yeah, and and he asks Zinnerman like, "What more? What the fuck more do you want from me? Like, I've killed people. I've done so much. Like, I'm walking through the fucking Sahara Desert right now, and for like, you, for you, and like, we don't really get an answer from Zinnerman yet. Like, you can tell he's just kind of like letting him get this out of his system because he knows that mm. Badunker will still go along with it." And it kind of works. Like, we see, like, this smirk from Zinnerman as he just, like, keeps walking along and, like, you know, Badunker gets back up and starts walking. And it's just, like, again, the boy can't help but have father figures gravitate towards him. Yeah. Like, he lost to Guza, so now he gets Zinnerman. He's next on the line. (laughs) Oh, man. He's just Um, inheriting dads. That's all he does. He gains and loses dads all the time. (laughs) It's... Yeah, the, the the episodes like the bottom of the gravity well. The gravity is is, is what's attracting these dads. My 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 guy has pretty much gained a new father figure every episode so far. Really? Seriously. There's been one where he hasn't. Like cuz episode 1 is Cardius. Uh, yeah, it's actually Cardius. Like episode 2 doesn't have one. Episode 3 it's Daguza, uh-huh. who he gets as a dad figure and then dies. Mm-hmm. Then four is like he's gained Zinnerman as a father figure again. It's nice. You can have three so, dads. It's it's allowed. <laughs> they just have to be dead first. Yeah, yeah. You can only have one living dad. One at a time. <laughs> yeah, they have to be in the dad queue otherwise. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so, and like as as I, I guess what also helps um, Bodonker get his resolve back is he gets this flashback to Flast uh, talking to him. And, you know, Flass is telling him how Zinnerman used to be a POW in Africa mm. and treated like dirt and like the Federation effectively like raised his entire city of globe uh, because it's like, you know, it, it was covered up of, oh, they were suppressing a riot. But like, he's just like, no, they just wanted to blow off some steam and like Zinnerman lost his family because of it. Fucking shitty. It's yeah. very sad. God damn. It, it, it really sucks for, for pretty much everyone Fuck involved. the Federation. Fuck the fatties, dude. They the suck. Uh, and, like, they, they, we, we see uh, Badonker and Zinnerman at, like, they made a camp in the desert. And Zinnerman is literally cooking Campbell's soup. Like, you see yeah, the red and white can. The, can. He, the, the soup is textual. This is what I'm fucking talking about. Years in the making. I'm right. I'm always right. It's all about <laughs> the fucking soup. Soup guy, dude. Let's go. And, and he, Badonker looks to the sky and he starts to cry. And he's like, it's so beautiful. And Zinnerman's like, actually, the earth is so fucking polluted right now. You have no idea. Yeah. It's so polluted. Uh, this shit sucks, man. Um, he talks about how humans are a product of nature, but like humans kind of suck. Like, yeah, they're, they're, they come from nature, but they eventually make up their own parts of nature. Mm. And things, things get complicated. And that's why humanity went to space. And we found hope in space through Xeon. And... The Federation didn't like that, and it... <laughs> damn, I think humanity sucks. Yeah, they might suck a little oh, bit. Oh, God. And, and, and... Bzz, well, just a little bit. Uh, and, and Badonker is like, 
I wonder if an ideal world is still possible. And Zinnerman's like, no, it's not. It's uh, really not. Yeah, and this is when Badonker starts to cry some more. But Zinnerman's like, it's okay to cry. I don't trust anyone who doesn't cry. As long as you're crying about something you care about, you're good. And he's like, thanks, yeah. I'm going to cry some more now. I'm going to get some right now. Oh, it's so nice. I'm going to cry, I'm sorry. He's just like, puts a blanket over himself <laughs> so he can't see him, like, absolutely sobbing. Oh, it's nice. It's it's just, I like that, I like that the boy has feelings. Especially after, like, watching IBO, where, like, yeah, Mika has feelings, yeah. but, like... Yeah, M- 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 Mika, Mika has feelings. The feelings of wanting to kill people. Yeah, he doesn't, like, sob on camera like Badonker does, so I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> um... But, but we cut from that to back to the Garancier because they were able to, like, link up with the Zeon Remnants. Hooray! Yeah, they did it! Um, Badonker is kind of, like, a, an unofficial crew member now. Like, he's wearing the boiler suit. Mm-hmm. But even Flast is like, you know, Zinnerman, it's a bad habit to keep on picking up strays like this. It's nice. Yeah. I like that he's found a place he belongs, if only for, like, half an episode. Yeah. Um, and then we see they talk to Full Frontal. I got really yes, confused at do. first because I didn't realize that like the Zeon remnants were also like Loney and and Keys and mm. everyone else. But um, he he kind of explains that the next set of Laplace coordinates are in Torrington Base, which is yeah. again yeah, <laughs> yeah, they are. next to where oh. the fucking colony was dropped. It is where the colony was dropped. There is a hole there. Oh yeah, I guess I guess it's like a, it's it's an aquatic base in the fucking crater, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, L- Loney's there, the, the Shamblo pilot. And she's like, she, 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 she's like, you know, if we just take out the split horn here, won't that just be the end of the troubles? And Full Frontal's like, don't do that. And she's like, what if I do anyway? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. She's, she's, she's a little spicy. She's a little spicy. Oh, she's great. I love it. It was really funny. At this point, you know, Full Frontal's only in the episode for this one part. But that's when my wife walked out of the bedroom and she's like, is that guy in Skyrim? Because, you know, he is. He, he voices, like, half the characters in Skyrim. Yeah, it's just really does. funny, like, the one where she walks out, she recognizes Mr. Skyrim full frontal. Oh, my God. Um, And then we get this, we get this really fucking sick, uh, we get this really sick, like, it's like these, like, this, these really um, discordant horns in the background. So it's a very Sawano track, but, like, it's, it's this buildup of, we see Zeon remnants, like, all throughout the region. Um, and like, like we see guys like in a jungle in like a radio station, we see like a, a, a small settlement built on like a crashed, uh, a crashed one year war era ship, like with tents and stuff on top. It's really cool. And then the radio, um, the rate, the radio broadcast says, help our cause. Let's give the feds the shock. They won't expect what's next. Dakar was, only Dakar the was just the beginning. Yeah. And this is like, we get a montage of just like so many one year war era suits waking up. We get like a goof, like. Like, breaks out of a castle it's so fun it plays like it's that so uh, cool like the same noise back in the original gundam series of like a mono eye turning on we see like a marine zaku like kind of rise up out of a river we see like some zagoks we see z- desert zakus oh my god it's so fucking cool oh i know and the zizulus the the aquatic yes! ones they have so sick they're so funny because like you, they have these really cool heat claws which you know it, it it's like wolverine claws like above their hands mm. but i didn't realize they have fucking flippers like if you look at the the image of them their feet are just very wide plated metals that are shaped like a fucking swimming flipper it is so yeah. funny 
So um, dumb. We see one of these and the Shamblo just like eviscerate a Federation submarine, just like completely oh, yeah. trashed. Oh, it's so fucking sick. I um, love it so much. It's so fucking cool, dude. It's so, so rad. Everyone's gearing up for like the Battle of Torrington. Uh, and, and Badonker learns that since these are the coordinates, what's going to happen is like Zeon's going to hit the base as hard as they can. And like in the aftermath of the battle, that's when he's going to be dropped in and like activate NTD and get the next set of data uh, from Laplace. Mm. And and we get this uh, this cute little conversation of him. I forgot the uh, mechanic's name of the Garancier. The guy wouldn't like the yeah. Um mm-hmm. But he has this conversation where he's like, isn't it weird how a Federation suit can use Zeon weaponry? And the mechanic explains, like, oh, you know, both sides kind of use this universal standard. And, you know, but but Donker kind of comes to the conclusion. It's not a universal standard so that both sides can end up seeing the same thing. It's so Anaheim can make more money. <laughs> yeah. It, they, I hate Anaheim so much. Fuck Anaheim. Anaheim, it's just like, it's that fucking line from It's Always Sunny of Mac. It's like, I'm playing both sides. It's like both sides, so I top. always come out and sell. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what it is. It's, it's just like... Mm. Mm. I love the military industrial mm. complex. Love it. It's my favorite. Um we do the next scene, um as much as I hate to see Bright, I like Bright being mean to Riddy because I like Bright more than yeah. Riddy fundamentally. <laughs> it's um <laughs> I just R- like I like seeing uh I like seeing uh Riddy get shit on. Yeah, he he like lands in the Rock Island, because that's where he's being called next, I guess. And mm-hmm. um we, we we see the Tri-Stars are there. We see a Re-GZ in the background, which is kind of cool. I don't think we actually see yeah. it, like, do anything, but it's just kind of there. It's just, like, remember Star's counter duck? Um, and Riddy's like, I know I'm part of the Marsanus family, but don't give me special treatment. And Bright's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was never going to give you special treatment. You're the one giving yourself <laughs> special treatment. Fuck you. Get out of my office. Get out. What are you doing? We see a picture of Amaro on the wall. Yeah, I, I booed even harder. I don't want to see him. <laughs> and then we also... Saw some like certificates, or, like things of like um of honor. One of them had the Ayug symbol on it. Yeah, I don't know if he's like allowed to display that. <laughs> yeah, it's like because you know he's a Federation employee again. He the Rock Island is a part of Wando Bell, which is like the Federation Special Forces. I don't mm-hmm. think. I mean, I guess they understand Bright's important enough and talented enough that it's fine if he displays that. But also, it's very funny. I mean, shit. You know what? No, this all makes perfect sense, because this is just like people in the government today flying Confederate flags. This is exactly yeah. the same as that. And, you know, it, you know what? It all makes perfect sense, unfortunately. Yeah, it does, unfortunately. Although, it's, it's, this is a flip here, where AUG was one of the only organizations the, that the, I, like... The good guys, yeah. yeah. that I agree with what they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. It's funny how life imitates art, isn't it? It is. It's <sighs> miserable as well. Yeah. Speaking of miserable, uh, we see like Zinnerman and Flask like on the bridge of the Gar and Sierra, wondering if if Cardius is just making a joke at everyone by having them trace the paths of humanity's downfall. Because like, yeah, the first set of Laplace coordinates was the wreckage of when a terrorist bombing blew up in UC one, and then the second is when Zeon did the biggest war crime in the history of humanity. Mm. I wonder what the third <laughs> one's gonna be. But um. It's fine. It's gonna be uh, bad. The, hmm? It's gonna be bad. That's what it is. It's probably gonna be bad. Uh, uh, the the Torrington attack begins. Uh, we see like the Z Zulus popping out, like just tearing shit up with his heat claws. 
We yeah. see his, we, we see a Zogok. I love the the fucking like boomerang shoved into its yeah, head. Yeah, it's like, so cool. Everywhere. Uh, we see a Gallus J from Double Zeta. We see an Afrit. We see like a Zaku One sniper that Keys is using up in the air. Like this is just fucking. Mm. It's just do Leo point to screen, and I'm like hooting and hollering, clapping like a trained seal because wow, cool robot. They 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 made this scene for us. They, they really, really did. fucking did. It's just so good. And like <laughs> Loney, you know, L- L- Loney's like destroying an aircraft character carrier from the inside, and she like makes landfall in like a residential, uh, like a town next to the base, and she has to kind of like make it there. And immediately, like the Saikamu backfires, and she just starts going ape shit and firing the the, the mega particle cannon all over the place because it's everywhere. All she wants is just like revenge for her mother and father who were killed by the Federation. They have like this awful like it's 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 horrifying because mm-hmm. essentially it's the deal of like um as as these like um these uh, mirror bits are like reflecting these like shots across the um the the place um at, at um, Torrington um it's like evacuation centers get like blown up like housing districts are the things that are getting it but the worst thing for it is there's like the side of an apartment building there's a woman clutching a baby going down the stairs and then yeah. you just see a jump what the fuck it's fucked up, man. What the fuck? It was horrible. God damn. It was. It really was. Oh, I think, I think, I think new types shouldn't be weaponized. I think we shouldn't weaponize psychic warfare. Uh, my psionic warriors steal this booba bear within the earth, I command you. <laughs> um, Bright, Bright, we see Bright real quick getting the Rock Island ready for combat. He's going to send out his tri-stars. They're like joking around with Riddy. And one of them was like, don't shoot me in the back, haha. And the other's like, hey, you can join us. All you have to do is shoot one of us in the back, haha. And Riddy's <laughs> like, haha, oh, you guys, we have fun here. You guys. It's just, it's just, it's just boys will be boys. Um, we see some dwadges too. The fucking like, yeah. Desert Dawn rolling up. Um, the, 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 this fucking Zaku one, Keys is kicking ass. He's in this like, um, Oh, I forget what it's called. It's kind of like a base jabber, but it has like propellers on the side, so it can like move yeah. really slowly and kind of hover in place. And he's leading it's out like the side of it. VTOL type like yeah. uh, aircraft carrier is what they said it was. He, he's leading out the side of it with like this um this sniper, and it uses like magazines and everything because it's just like it's kind of like how the Zeta did it, where it had like the battery yeah. packs and it's just like destroying all of their jets and stuff where they can take off. And but it's 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 like it's like these like superheated metal rods are like shooting out of it it's, after it's it like, like fucking, fires. Um, railgun basically. It's nuts. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. And uh, th- this is this is this really fucking um is really cool scene of like as this fighting's going on, as Loni is like doing war crimes. Uh, Badonka runs to the bridge and he runs up to Zinnerman. He's like, I'm gonna go out in the unicorn. If I break the seal now, we can stop fighting. And Zinnerman, like, just pulls a gun on him, and it's just, like, it's just tough love. Nah. Like, he's yeah. like, this is war, you fucking child. Do you understand? Like, all of us are Zeon. Ze- like, this is what we want. And, This is what know, we do. Uh, Bazinga's like, I know you don't how, like how this fighting is going. And Zinnerman, like, shoves him into the fucking wall. Like, he dents the wall by doing this. And he's like, I only took care of you. Because you're the key to the box. That's the only reason I care about your well-being. Some people kill. other Others get killed. 
This war's a long way from being... And it's just the, the boys are fucking fighting. Mm. Bazinga. Or he just ends up, like, knocking over, just wailing on him. And the two bridge crew yeah, members are like... stop it on his face. Like, he, he has, like, the fucking comedy bumps. And Flast and the other guy are like, oh, no, no can't help you, boss. I'm, I'm too busy over here, five feet away, yeah. doing nothing. Legs kicked up My on the desk. My hands are full, man. They're just letting it happen. Um, yeah. It's, it's just like, oh... It's so sad, but, like, you kind of get the point that, again, Zinnerman is just, like, letting him get it out of his system because he understands, the, like, the only way to calm him down is to let the boy throw his tantrum. <sighs> Very sad. Um. Oh, and then we get the sickest thing I've seen in the entire fucking world. Mm-hmm. Um, so Bialent. The Bjarlent custom. Holy oh, fuck. It's Holy so good. fuck. Because, so, apparently, like, the guy piloting this is like a Titans ace pilot. We don't know about him at all. I think he might show up more in like either the novel or the Bandai Destiny, but like it's a Bjarland that has like its arms split off into two. It has like these really big claws, but then like kind of further down the wrist, it has like a beam emitter and it just, this thing just goes on a fucking rampage when it <laughs> it's, fires. It's a, it is a menace. Oh, it's so cool. It doesn't get touched. It fires <laughs> out of its like wrists. These like um, it, it's like a uh, kind of like a Vulcan, but like it's mm. like super heated. It's like melting the shit it fires on. Like it's just like. Just like it's like buckshot almost, just like destroying every suit it hits. Like mm. it's just whipping around. It can like t- emit beams out of it instead. And it's like doing like spin attacks. Like it doesn't get touched. Like it doesn't get destroyed. We don't see a resolution. All we do like throughout this entire battle is we cut back and say, "Let's see how the Bjarland Customs doing." Oh, how, ten more kills right on. Doing. He's just so assault like these things. Guys get close and we just like, <laughs> nope, and then like cuts them in half. Um, it's like, what is happening? I I, I have this as a gunpla, and it's just so fucking it's cool. Sick. I really want to pick one up, but it's expensive. Yeah. I think they actually... A lot of the unicorn high grades that I really want are expensive, and it makes me sad. Because I really want a Zizulu, um, but they're, like, a pain to get a hold of because they haven't had a rerun. Yeah, that's a problem with it being, like, 10 years old. Although, I do know the Bjarlant, um, in, like, 2018 or 19, they actually printed a original Bjarlant, like, using most of the bones from the Bjarlant custom, but, like, it's the one from Zeta that Jared uses with, like, the little, like, grabby hands and everything. Oh, that's so cool! I want to get that, because that's, like, my favorite suit from Zeta. It's, like, that and VO are, like, my top two, and I just, I need, I need my funny Dorito, man. Not the <laughs> not the Zeta Dorito, but it's just very triangular as well. I love it. It's yeah, so cool. like it, it's built like it's it's built like Captain America. It's built like Starscream from the Transformers movies. Yeah, big triangular body, little tiny arms. <laughs> but we, we, as as this fighting happens, we see Badonker and Zinnerman like continuing to fist fight. He's like, and and we the pretty the Ross line here is 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 a Badonker saying just because you went through hell doesn't give you the right to put others through hell, and you know yeah he he's like mm-hmm. I want to be a man I want to be the kind of man you are the kind of man who can acknowledge other people's sadness and doesn't close their heart off, and it's just like eventually he like storms off and gets ready to to launch in the unicorn, and like you know Zinnerman doesn't stop him Zinnerman's like. He's like, shit, the kid, I mean, he doesn't say the kid is right, but, like, you can tell he's yeah. just, like, given up. He's like, yeah, he's kind of right. But it's just, it's like, it's this nice moment where, you know, 
he had he had his time with the Garden Sierra crew, and now he's fucking off to do other things now. Like, yeah, I'm like, good. I, yeah. I, I, I had fun. I'm out. Yeah, I had fun. You guys are nice. Sorry about the philosophy or whatever. I'm going to go try and stop this battle, though. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's sad. <laughs> it's like, nice ideology. I'm not reading that, though. Sorry. Yeah, I'm happy for oh, you. Great. Sorry that happened. I don't know. <laughs> and and he, he, he jumps out of the Garden Sierra, and... You know, as he's falling, he's like, I am a human. I'm not just a key to some box. And he's like talking to the unicorn. And he's like, you're the, you know, y- you amplify human abilities. So please don't let anger take control. And he, he like lands and he just like, you know, puts his weapons away and like stands out, you know, with his arms stretched to the side in front of Loni. And he's just like, hey, stop doing war crimes. <laughs> and she says, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> It's, I'm um, not going to stop doing war crimes because war crimes are my favorite. Yeah, it's so. So, do you want to? Because we don't really get much of an explanation of like Loni's family and her past in the show. Do you want to go into? Yes, um, I would love to. So, um, Loni's. We see a lot more of Loni in um, the novel of Unicorn, um, where essentially. Um, she is the daughter of a um a guy called uh, Marty Garvey, um who was the um well he's a wealthy businessman and stuff, um but uh, essentially in this um Benaja and Loni kind of have a little bit of like a they flirt a little bit together. Um, she basically <laughs> Zinnemann jokes at uh, Benaja that he should go for it. Um, and it's yeah. it's kind of like. Loni becomes kind of like a Lala type figure for um Banaja. Um she kind of openly talks about the fact that she likes children and that she wants like if she ever was to have some, she'd have like ten. Um the thing about her is like she has this deep seated hatred against the Earth Federation because their mother was executed by them for killing a Federation soul. Oh, um trigger warning for um like sexual assault mention and stuff here. Um, Loni's mother was killed for, um, was executed for, uh, killing a Federation soldier that was raping a woman. Um, as a result, um, the Garvey family never really forgave the Federation for that, but, um, specifically her father, Marty, uh, gained a deep hatred for the white man. Um, just, I, I, I don't, I don't feel like I have the, the necessary kind of like experience with that topic to like address and unpack that fully but it's kind of the case of instead of Loni piloting the uh Shamblu herself it was the family doing it um she was just in control of the deflectors um and was basically she she did what her dad wanted to do who just wanted to go on this rampage and then she refused because she was just completely overwhelmed by the amount of destruction and death that her and her family were causing um and her father shot her dead um yeah um with her like last moment uh last moments when she was dying she used um her new type uh vibes amplified by the uh, psycho frame to tell banasha where the vulnerable spot on the shambler was to kill it himself in the novel um Benaj is the one that um kills the uh, destroys the Shamblo and the rest of the family um but Loni does have a lot more um of a role in the story in this part of uh, the novel but um kind of doesn't have as many 
Right. And the, the 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 it doesn't have as much of a character in the um the the anime, which is such a shame because she is a cool character, but I do prefer her in the anime being a bit more kind of cold, um yeah. not forgiving the Federation for Kali killing her family, um, but it being all of her family instead of just her mother. Um because I think it's it's good to have uh-huh. some unhinged people. Yeah, that's what Gun was about. It's all about that. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, you know, obviously hearing it secondhand, I think I (sighs) love... That's the thing. They do a good job cutting it down in the anime because I feel like Mm. this episode is so well-paced that if you had, like, not Loni, but her entire family there, that might get a little bit muddled with, like, how much is happening with, like, how many people. Um, And I think Mm. they did an effective job at, like you know, changing it from her family's revenge to her revenge. Because, yeah. you know, inevitably... It gives her a bit more um, agency as a character on her own as well. Right, yeah. Because, like, you know, inevitably she has to die in one way or another. I think mm-hmm. it's compelling how she dies in the show, too, of course. But, yeah. like, that's... I Either way, like, she's a very cool character for how, you know, for only showing up in one episode. Like, she really mm. makes an impact here. She's one of my favorites in the series. Yeah, I like... She's fucking cool. Um, who could who could have guessed me, the former Asami fan, has just have to talk <laughs> to characters who show up very little amount of the time but still have a massive impact on the characters. Uh-huh. You just you just like psychically powerful women. I do! <laughs> They're little friends and they deserve to have nice lives. Yeah, let's get, let's get them an ice cream or two. They, I wanna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna take them all out for ice cream. Yeah, let's go to McDonald's afterwards. No, we're not going to McDonald's, we're gonna go to Burger King instead. I mean... Have right, we'll, we'll go Taco Bell. Oh, I like Taco Bell. I was there yesterday. I was there yesterday too. Damn, oh, great I, I didn't come into you there. I got, I got my, I got my Taco Bell breakfast. Oh, they do breakfast. They do breakfast. What? Hash brown crunch wrap. What? Yeah, they've Damn. done breakfast for a long ass time too. I remember they, they started breakfast in England. They they started breakfast in like 2010 or 11, maybe over here. I hope you get to experience it because it is damn good. They, they have yeah. a killer breakfast menu. Love a hash brown. Um, so let's see. What's happening in the show? Um, Riddy is like rolling up as um, <clears throat> Badonker and Loni are talking. And, you know, Riddy kind of knows that the only way this is going to end is if someone gets shot dead. <laughs> uh, yeah. Badonker doesn't want to believe that yet. And Once you believe that uh, Loni's not going to be completely overtaken by um, that kind of fury yeah. and... That kind of thing. It's he, it's it's really sad because he's really given it at all. Is all yeah. He want he wants to believe that she can like overcome this anger and darkness. And like mm. at a point, like she says, she doesn't. She could care less about the box. Like she just wants revenge. And like you know, he, he's like stepped out of his cockpit and taken his helmet off. And like she's almost done that, but then like snaps back and it's just like no nah, fuck this fuck this fuck this and like she's like muttering Siegzy on Siegzy on as she's just like melting everything. Yeah. Around her. Um, That's something I thought I've been thinking about recently, actually. Hmm. Um, cause our history did happen in Gundam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was the whole Why conversation. Seek? There was there's the whole conversation in like uh the first Gundam series where like yeah about like about Hitler. Yeah, where, where Dagwin's like, hey, Girin, you're being kind of a Hitler right now. And he's like, haha, that's based. Um, wh- why'd they have to? Why they have to say Siegzion? That's why not Hailzion? 
Because it's a bit on the nose, isn't it? I mean, it's on the nose regardless if it was Sieg Zion or Hale Zion, because it was Sieg Heil, I think, was what they no, said back like, then. Yeah. It's very much like a, it's, it's very much to me, it's like a We the Bodies moment That's for me. That's the thing, like, Zion's always been, I feel like it was a different kind of dog whistle back then, because you, mm. like, you got that moment in, like, like, a third of the way through the first Gundam series. I think it was after they fight Rambaral the first time. Um, yeah. On that, like, island. And, like, they're getting that broadcast. I guess it's, like, Garma's funeral. And his gear mm. and, like, leading. And, like, the episode ends with, like, the whole white base crew, like, kind of freaking out as they just hear Sieg Zeon, Sieg Zeon over and over again. Yeah. And th- that feels like so much um, less of what Zeon's identity up to this point is. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. we hear a single Sieg Zeon after the one-year war. So it really feels like... It feels like Loney is saying it not for Zeon's sake, but, like, for her father's sake. Yeah! For, like, her family's sake, because, like, the whole thing, like, we know Full Frontal, like, respected her father. He mentions her father earlier on, mm-hmm. but doesn't, like, really go into it at all. It it feels like her, like, fully circling back to, like, I'm doing this, like, as revenge. Like, she is, like, a mouthpiece for her father beyond the grave, almost. Not yeah. textually, of course, but, like, it, 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 it um... I don't know. Like it, it feels like she's saying she's not fighting for Zion in this moment. Like she is fighting, she's for, fighting herself for herself and her family's yeah. revenge. Like it, it, it's a very strange moment. But like I think when you think about it, it's like oh okay, I understand. Like the the point is, Loni's a horrifically tragic figure. <laughs> God yeah. Ah, uh, poor, poor girl. Poor Loni. Um, the the TriStars take out uh, Kirk's. And he, mm. like, tries to, like, shoot his own reactor. Which with is, his... It's sick. It's so yeah. cool. He nearly gets it. <clears throat> he nearly does. And, like, just kind of dies, you know, without blowing up. And, like, she she feels, she, she like, sees him die. And, like, that's what, like, you know, cements her as, like, all right, here I go kill him again. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, the, the psycho frames start to clash, though. Like, uh, mm. the donker acts like his. Yeah. And it's it, such a cool moment. Yeah, it, like, glows red, and then it glows white, and, like, the light makes the rest of the unicorns look sort of pinkish, and, like, we see, like, the, the shamblo turns blue, and, like, the bubbles start clashing, and, like, people are, like, getting blown away, like, cars are blowing up nearby. Mm. Um, everyone's like, oh, f- oh, god, oh, fuck, oh, god, oh, fuck, not again, not again, not again. <laughs> um, and, and as is happening, she, uh, he, he tries to make his force ghost appear in front of her, and he does... And yeah. as he's trying to pull her out of the machine, so to speak, like her force ghost pulls her back and appears in front of him and just is like, I don't think it was hers. Though. Oh, no. Was it like her family's I or whatever? I think it was her father's. Yeah, that makes more. Cause, yeah, I know because it, it's like purplish, but then she's like red when she appears in front of him in his cockpit. And specifically, I think um, her father was the one that piloted the Shamblo before her. Oh, and, and the entire cockpit's like psycho frame, so. Yeah. So it's 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 a sick as hell moment because essentially to get him away from uh her um that like psychic force ghost like grabs Benaja's like arms yeah, and just and, like throws him away. Yeah, shit. It's fucking crazy. I really liked what she said in this moment too. Cause when 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 she shows up in front of him in his cockpit, she says, It's the way of the world for children to be consumed by their parents' wishes. You're just the same. You think about it, that's kind of like the Gundam way. Like, okay, yeah. Loni's family made her the way she is. Cardius was the one who entrusted the unicorn to, to, to Badonker. But looking back, 
Amuro's father worked on the Gundam. Amuro got in the Gundam. Char's mm-hmm. father started Xeon, and look where he ended up. Fucking Camille's parents were, uh, like, were, were they, like, working for the Titans or just for Anaheim? Um, Camille's, um, mother was a, um, Camille's mother was a doctor, but, um, his dad worked for Anaheim, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't, it kind of falls apart with Judo, but, like, he's, he, he's just vibing. Um, but, like, that's, it's, it's the Gundam way of, like, yeah, the kids kind of are the culmination of what their parents tried to achieve, and turns out that fucks them up more than, more often than not. <laughs> generational trauma damn it's it's true and real <laughs> um, did you know it's real and not a made-up thing for gundam is that wild and wacky wow what a hell <laughs> uh riddy like oh, grabs cool, him. generational trauma <laughs> <laughs> riddy grabs him in, in the delta plus and he's like on the back of it and and you know the shambles like mouth is open it's getting ready to fire its beam and he tells badunker he has to use the beam magnum to shoot and he's like, ah, and he won't do it. He can't do it because, he, you know, she's it's, like, it's, it's the moment where he, he has the gun. He's right there, ready to take the shot. Mm-hmm. And he just screams that he can't do it. It's it just hits hard, man. It's so sad. And like, right before, like, Loney kind of like gives up herself. Cause like Kirk's force ghost appears and it's like, it's our war is over. It's time to go. And She's like, he sees her saying, isn't it sad? Like, before he's about to shoot her and can't do it. So Riddy, like, shoves him out of the way and grabs the beam magnet himself and shoots and kills her. And, like, again, like you said, we see it, like, breaks the Delta Plus's arm. But, like, poor Badonker is, like, kind of shut down once again because Mm -hmm. he couldn't do it. Funny enough, though, he shuts down, but, like... Since he's in control of NTD now, the psycho frame doesn't close up. It just depowers, so it's, yeah. like, gray underneath. But, like, I, it's still I the loved, Gundam face. I loved that transformation, because that was, like, the first time that he was in full control of the... Um, the NTD. Yeah, the NTD system. Um, and I, I really loved the way that it happened... Um, of him like kind of talking and reasoning with the unicorn because I love I love the the kind of hints that the unicorn is a bit more than it lets on yeah and has kind of like a mind of its own and stuff I really love that yeah this is all a fucking small warrior pill full of it he, he's chugging he's throwing those pills back <laughs> um and and like the, the the final parts is like Zinnerman orders Flast to take the guard and see her out of the airspace. They're gone. Riddy gets the orders to seize the Gundam, and he like holds the Delta Plus's rifle to like mm-hmm. the Unicorn's head. And before he can have uh, Badunker get out, they look up, and there's another Unicorn coming is. in. There Where are we is. dropping? It's so cool. Where are we dropping? Just dropping in like Fortnite. It's great. Number one victory royale. It is a black unicorn with yellow psycho frame. The RX-02 Banshee. This thing is nasty. It's the sickest thing I've ever seen. I, I like so that. It's so cool. I mean, I, I know that it has, like, a different kit than the Unicorn does, because I have the kit of it, and I know that it has, like, the nail and, like, the, the, the fucking smart gun and everything. It's fucking cool. Yeah. It's got the, um... <laughs> It's got the vibrating claw thing. It's the sickest thing ever. I love it. It's so much. It's so cool. The fact that it, like, can just rip through solid metal. It's fucking... It's like, yeah, it's like a modern heat claw. 
I'm getting I'm getting ahead of myself because I really love that mobile suit, but we'll talk about it in mm-hmm. in detail um next week because my god, it's so cool. It's it's fucking cool. And like that's where the episode ends on that cliffhanger of hey, another one. Another one. Another one. Another one. Another one. Another one. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, that's the episode, but I have a segment. It's time <gasps> for Beyond Toon World. You're going to love this. Trust me. Beyond Toon We're talking about Karen Strassman, Ooh. who is the voice of Loni Garvey. Yes. She has done... I haven't heard her voice, actually. Is is, is she... Is it, is it a good performance, would you say? Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Mm. Like, like she, she, she's been in it. She was born uh, June 5th, 1966, in Washington, D.C. And when she was 20, she moved to France to study psychology and theater. And the psych wow. degree was in case theater didn't work out. And it worked out pretty well for her. Yeah. Um, but she's done, she's done live action. Like, she was a character in the show. Really? Um, huh. But but most of it is like anime um, and game dubbing. So as for anime, um, <clears throat> she so, so kind of going chronologically uh, in Chobits, she was Yuzuki. God, uh, Chobits! I haven't thought about Chobits yeah, in years. Yeah, fucking twenty years ago. Oh, uh, that's that. I was two. Yeah, <laughs> she was uh, Mrs. Kamohar and Paranoia Agent. She oh, was, I love that show! Yeah, she was Osuzu in Samurai Champloo back in mm. 2005. Uh, she just did a bunch of background voices in Ghost in the Shell standalone complex. Oh, hell yeah. Um, she was Miyuki Takara in Lucky Star. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was Kyo Bachika in Gurren Lagann. Another one <gasps> of those characters that probably is like a, a, a smaller side character, but it's yeah. just Gurren Lagann. Love that show. I love Gurren Lagann. Uh, she was Sawaka Yamanaka in K-On!, um, of course, she was Loni Garvey in Gundam Unicorn. Uh-huh. Um, she, oh, she, oh, she was in Madoka Ma- Magica, but I wrote down the really? role. Hold on. Oh, no. I gotta find it, because I wrote down a different role. Uh, she was in Madoka. She was Kazuku Saotome. Oh. In Kill La Kill. Oh. She was Omiko Hakodate. She was the tennis player. Oh, I liked her. Yeah, she was like the second episode. Yeah. Um, she was the narrator in Cells at Work. Um, she was Palm Siberia in Hunter Hunter. <gasps> I like Palm. Once yeah. again, one per episode, guys. Dirty little nonce. <laughs> uh, in 2015's Gundam The Origin, she was Baby Casfall. <gasps> no way! Like, b- b- before he grew up and became Keith Silverstein, he was Karen Strassman instead when he like, was like... like a little babbling kid. little child. Yeah. That being said, no, she. I watched the dub of uh, Origin. Um, I really liked Kid Cha. Um, yeah. Really, really good. Um, really good performance. Yeah. Just full stop. And, and the biggest, the most notable anime role she had uh, was from Code Geass. Ah. She, she was Callan Statfeld. Huh. Never seen Code Geass. You've seen Callan though. She has like the 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 pinkish red hair with the headband. Oh, her! Oh, I yeah, love her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you've seen it. Oh yeah. Um, and she also has a lot of notable gaming roles too. Um, uh-huh. She voiced Igis in Persona Three. Cool. 
Uh, she voiced Rosa in the DS uh, port of Final Fantasy IV, which is my favorite yeah. Final Fantasy. Oh, hell yeah. Um, in Persona 4, she was Nanako Dojima and Izanami. It's fucking crazy. Two very different roles. Yeah. Um, starting in 2010 with Sonic Colors, and I guess all the Sonic games further on, she was Rouge the Bat. Right. Yeah. Um, she was Poison. In Street Fighter, cross Tekken. <gasps> Trans icon. Mm-hmm. Absolutely Fucking love her. Poison kicks ass. I love Poison so much. Um, she In League of Legends, did you, did you ever play League, Callie? I love League of Legends. All I right. hate that I love it so yeah, much. Three different roles. She was Cassiopeia. <gasps> I love Cassiopeia. Uh, Fiora. I love Fiora. And Shyvana. Shivana. Oh, Shivana's really cool. Yeah. Shivana's a big dragon lady. So all of those are all of those are L- L- Lori Garvey or Loni oh, Garvey. I'm gonna think about that every single yeah. time I play those characters. Um, in in Mortal Kombat X, she was Mylena and Kitana. Fucking. I'm Ooh. I'm dying right now because um, I really really love Melina. Melina's cool. Melina's my favorite Mortal Kombat character. She's fun. I like her. Um, I'm really bad at the game, but, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not good either. Um, and in uh, Modern Fire Emblem, uh, she was Olivia in Awakening, the dancer. Mm-hmm. But starting in Awakening in every Fire Emblem game since, she has been the shopkeeper Anna. <gasps> oh, lovely! With, with I like, like Anna. The, yeah, the red ponytail. So that is Karen Strassman. Those are, like, only some. She has a shit ton more roles. I just got, Damn. like, the, the, the main ones... Uh, that I wrote down, but like, yeah, she's been in a ton of shit. It's crazy. We stand. We do. Stuff. I'm standing right now, actually. Uh-huh. You can't uh, see because it's an audio only yeah, yeah, yeah. format. But you know, believe me, my 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 standing right now. <laughs> I'm right at my feet, my guy. <laughs> and that's that'll that'll just about do it for this episode. Damn. Um, it's my turn this week, though, isn't it? It is. So let's see. My robot of the week. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I've been playing. I've been playing so much. Wait, hmm. was it not me? No, what? I'm full. No, it was last week. That was me last week. I forgot yeah. what I said. Yeah. Okay. Now it is you. Continue. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> I've been. I playing got, just, I got so confused. So much fucking Xenoblade Chronicles Three. <laughs> you put, enjoying it? I put sixty hours in so far. Damn. It is, you got that like this week. It is. So Stellar. Like, I am astounded at how good of a sequel it is. It took it fixed literally never, every complaint I had against the second one. Never played either of them, unfortunately. I mean, the first is my favorite game of all time, but it is a hard sell because it is a gigantic game that, like, asks a lot of the player. Um, but there's a lot of very fucking cool robots in, um, in, in, in Xenoblade 3. I don't know if this mm-hmm. one has a name, but um, one of the characters... In, in Xenoblade 3 is this like military commander called uh-huh. Kamaravi. And he, he, he's a guy. He's he's cool. Um, but oh shit, if I can find a photo of this. Xenoblade 3 Feronis. There are these like big ass robots called Feronises. Hell uh, yeah. All around the world. And um one, they're like f- for some characters, they're kind of like a, a G fighter from G Gundam, like just like a big mm. badass mech suit. Um, I can see if I can find a screenshot of this YouTube to show you. 
The point is, there's a character in Xenoblade 3 who has a really badass mech. And I'm trying to find a screenshot of because the game just came out, so it's like hard <laughs> yeah. to hard to really fucking difficult see. Difficult like, to find it. It's this huge uh, white and red mech that has like oh, green electricity, yeah. like linking the um, linking the like joints together, and it fights with this gigantic like flaming lance. Mm. Um. Oh, here we go. This is from the cutscene where where you see him fight. You can get a better look at it. Oh. This fucking video loads. <laughs> video, please. Life, life is suffering. War is bad. War is bad. War sure is bad. Xenoblade <laughs> 3 is a game about war suck, being huh? bad. Whatever, I can't fucking find it. The, the, I'll take your word for it. I know it's cool. Just a, Yeah, imagine a cool robot with a big fire spear. Oh, that's it. so cool. Yeah, it's, just, it's a bad example. But oh, Xenoblade 3 God. has a lot of really cool robots. Half of them are like cool, uh, like... Almost like steampunk looking mechs, and the other half are cool, like future origami folded paper looking mechs. It's badass. Mm. But um, that'll about do it for us this week. Uh, where can we find you on the internet, Callie? Oh, you, you can follow me at twitter.com at uh, at Cowley, C O W I L I E. Fuck. I got it wrong. I can't spell. That's my main account. I typically just kind of retweet pictures of pirates and robots and stuff like that but you can also find um my uh book that i'm working on at at other side novel it'll be down in the description i i'll i'll salt the twitter out this week man i'll do <laughs> i said that every week it's been a month now and i still haven't sorted the twitter out it will get sorted at some point good lord one day one day it'll happen it will it will yeah um i'm max you can go to twitter i'm actually to find me you can listen to Pot of Greed, which is my Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. Um, it's pretty good. We, 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 we talked about Fast Five this week. It should be going on the Patreon this week. Fucking incredible movie. It's just as good as I remembered it. <laughs> um, and you can listen to Stoppers Only, which is a video game music showdown podcast I do. It's on hiatus currently, but we'll be back. You can go to noisebase.xyz to find all of those shows and many, many more. And... What do we always say to close this episode? Oh, man. War is bad. Wow, cool robot. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.